This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So Rudy knows it's a witch hunt. He started yesterday. Uh, he'll get his facts straight. He's a great guy. There's no campaign violation, says the former mayor. Sorry, I'm giving you a fact now that you don't know. Everything that has been said is incorrect right now about the transactions. Funnel through offer and the president repaid it. Learn before you speak. It's a lot easier. All this stuff you keep blurting out remarkably bad and remarkably bad timing. That's your doing. That's your stink. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan, and I'm here in the studio with my co-host, Jacob Weisberg. Hello, Jacob. Hey, Virginia. You're tired. I know it. So you're going to force energy into your voice having just come back from London. Well, you know, I had such a good time talking to you about James Comey last week. I, we thought maybe we should make it a regular thing. Yeah, exactly. There keeps being keep being new figures to talk about. Yeah, Jesus. At least nothing happened while I was away this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know if you saw any of it, but Wednesday night... Giuliani sat with Hannity, and you'd think it would just be a mutual admiration society. But in fact, it was an opportunity for Giuliani to melt down, blow up, something like that. Uh, He was asked about the hush money paid to Stormy Daniels by Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen had said, as Trump's fixer, had said that he paid the money out of pocket, his own pocket, to Stormy Daniels, and and Trump had said he knew nothing of the contract. Giuliani was asked about this. Friendly interlocutor Hannity asks him a softball question, basically to confirm the weird lies and mysteries that Trump and, and, and Cohen have erected around this question. Giuliani says, Trump didn't know about specifics, but he did know about the general arrangement. He then explained that Trump's handling of the $130,000 payment was entirely legal, and it was funneled through a law firm by way of paying back Michael Cohen. So he didn't know about the general arrangement, but he did reimburse Michael Cohen for the 130K. And he said he did it in the form of a retainer, a monthly fee of $35,000. Right. covered that. So here's what I think was going on. Now, one possibility is that really Rudy Giuliani has just passed it and is just kind of improvising in in a really dangerous way for his client. But I think the theory is... They've got a big problem with Michael Cohen flipping and turning state's evidence against Trump. And they've created the lie they've been telling that Michael Cohen did this on his own with his own money creates legal jeopardy for Michael Cohen. Because among other possible theories, it would be an illegal campaign contribution. Mm -hmm. And Giuliani dug that trench a little deeper, too, by saying, uh, of course, they had to do it before the election. So this payment was clearly in relation to the election, $130,000. $130,000 exceeds the legal limit of the amount of money you can give. It's not disclosed. Uh, Arguably, there would even be a conspiracy to violate campaign laws if Trump then knew about that. So – Cohen is out there with a possibly indictable offense being pressured to testify against the boss. They don't want to do that. How do they protect 
Michael Cohen. Well, they create another problem when they do that because it, in effect, acknowledges that Trump must have had this affair Mm -hmm. because why is he paying this woman Mm -hmm. off otherwise and that he paid for it with his own money. But it was uh, it didn't even add up on its face because, of course, and Noah Feldman did a, a good piece on Bloomberg View yesterday explaining this. A retainer is not a reimbursement. They're very mm-hmm. different. The reimbursement's not taxable. The retainer is taxable income. Hmm. You just you don't pay someone back by paying them a monthly retainer. A retainer is a, is a fee for service. A reimbursement is paying for someone's out-of-pocket expense. So the, it was clearly bullshit, but I think that was what motivated the bullshit. What's not clear is whether this was Giuliani's brilliant idea that he thought he'd sold to his new client, Donald mm-hmm. Trump, mm-hmm. or whether... Donald Trump and Giuliani had agreed that it would be a good idea to go on Sean Hannity and inch out taking some responsibility for the NDA payment to Stormy Daniels to keep Michael Cohen sweet. Right. So yesterday, in trying to figure out whether Trump and Giuliani were on the same page about this, yesterday, Trump seemed to back up Giuliani, saying... In his usual way of connecting with the everyman, he said, people of wealth and celebrities often have NDAs. They're very common. And I think he implied, or some of the extra material implied that, yes, a lot of rich guys have a kind of family lawyer or something, little consigliere, that takes care of messes for them. And It's like the sketch that Steve Waldine <laughs> and Asher Perlman did a couple weeks ago on Trumpcast, which was the joke, was the lawyer is is paying off the porn stars without telling his client. <laughs> right. right. But yes. that's, the, that's, the, that's actually what they've that's been maintaining. what they've been maintaining. And, you know, I don't even know why. We get into contortions trying to think that there might be some sense in what they're saying. But I think someone else suggested that that with these kind of retainers, you work, you know, some months you don't work at all. Some months you work a lot. And then that turns into a slush fund out of which one hundred and thirty thousand dollars can be paid to Stormy Daniels. But it doesn't. That's not that's not how legal representation works works at any office and legal office in America. So Trump seemed to be backing Giuliani up, but I don't know, the last few minutes, what's happened? Um, so he's so the bus has, has someone else under it now. Trump has now <laughs> walked back Giuliani. What he said was uh, he'll get his facts straight, by which I think he means he'll get his story straight, which is what witnesses say to each other when they're trying to come up with uh, alibis. So he'll get his facts straight. He just started. He's the new guy. Trump, Trump's unadmitting the affair. With, he's, with He's saying, do not take anything I tweeted yesterday to imply that I'm acknowledging an affair with Stormy Daniels. <laughs> well, he didn't say anything about his own tweets backing up Giuliani, but he did say some kind of correction will be uh, forthcoming and that um, Giuliani will try to you know, clean up this mess. And I think Giuliani has even walked this thing back before Trump made that announcement a little bit. Um, I mean, yesterday's tweets are inoperative, (laughs) as as they said in Nixon's day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, You know, this is like I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Monica Lewinsky, but it's sort of like I did, did not, I did, did not, I did, did not have some kind of hush money contract with that woman, Mr. Dennison. It makes no sense. Well, if you want to parse it, you know, he is saying they didn't have an affair. And I think that in one reading, she's only said they had sex one time. So he might be hanging, you know, a legalism on that. Well, it's not an affair if you just have sex with somebody once. So why are, you know, you and I would almost always rather be talking about St. Petersburg troll farms than... 
than talking about hush money to porn stars. But why is this why has this become a story of interest? And, you know, Stormy Daniels and her lawyer, Michael Avenatti, who you're writing a piece on, it sounds like, you know, are surprisingly front and center um, in this story, in the Trump story. Now. Well, well, first of all, Russia and collusion and obstruction and all the Natalia Veselnitsky and these names are really hard to pronounce. It's really complicated. There are a lot of different scenarios. It's a full time job to try to stay on top of that story. This one's easy. This is a classic. This is porn star, hush money, um, sex, lies. People understand what the story is about. So even if the implications for American democracy are not quite as serious. It's comprehensible. And I do think that by dumping a a kind of low-life lawyer she had, Keith Davidson, Mm -hmm. and hiring a really sharp lawyer, Michael Aminati, Stormy Daniels kind of incidentally really changed the game because Avenatti has been the one who has been brilliant at locking Trump and Cohen and Trump's lawyers onto the horns of these dilemmas. Mm. So the dilemma with Cohen, he originally figured this out around the NDA. If he stopped obeying the NDA Mm -hmm. and just said, let's litigate this in public, he gives them a choice. Do you want to admit you had an affair with her Mm -hmm. uh, or do you want to be in trouble for potential campaign uh, campaign finance violations and other legal infractions Mm -hmm. and possibly Michael Cohen's legal ethical obligations, Mm -hmm. right? And I think what Avenatti's sort of genius in this, I mean, one, he's like good on TV and he's out there all the time and he's I'm really not going to say it but you know some people have said hashtag Hadi Avenatti I'm not I neither confirm nor, nor deny that that's my impression of him but he is very symmetrical looking he has and that lean and hungry look he drives race cars he's yes. a, you know and um, I mean in some ways he's the he's the much improved version of Trump right he clearly this guy, guy's got a big ego like seeing himself on TV yep. you know he's uh, he likes himself yes. but he uses the truth, I think, rather than just making stuff up on the spot that sounds like it would be a good thing to say. He's strategic. He can think He can think a, l- a little bit ahead. But he's constantly creating these dilemmas for them. And he knows that what Trump does in that situation is he doesn't choose. Mm-hmm. He doesn't pick a course and stick with it. He tries one, then he tries the other, then he goes back, then he goes back until he's finally locked into a position. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, you know, when people say, but, but he denied knowing anything about the contract. Well, I don't know if you've seen that interview, but it's like the entrance to Air Force One and questions are being shouted out to him. And he's asked, do you know about the contract? And he says, no. He's on Air Force One. They're talking to him in the back. It's a clear question that he understood. Oh, I, that you, that's in the back. OK, yeah. I didn't I didn't know from the stagecraft. No, but I think he heard the question and he I mean, he denied he denied it. I don't I, I guess I don't mean that he didn't deny it. I do. I do just mean that that then was instantly filed in the annals of like, well, that's his response to filtered through the press, Avenatti's right. question number one. Did you even know about it? Like, you know, it doesn't have, remember, it doesn't have a signature on it. So there were some questions that it, if he wasn't a signatory to it, then the contract was possibly null and void. All I'm saying is Avenatti is doing a wonderful job hurling questions, conflicting questions that force him into, you know, a media perjury trap. <laughs> Yeah, and he's got this sort of, you know, Twitter plus TV game, which is a version of what Trump does. But again, you know, instead of going on Fox and talking to the Fox hosts all the time, he's Michael Avenatti's feuding with Fox. Right. And, you know, he's like, I'll only go on now if Sean Hannity has me on and maybe I'll go on with Giuliani. But he's 
you know, he uses the hashtag. His hashtag is Basta, yes. which is a kind of a brilliant distillation yeah. of everything about Trump. It's like enough we're you know we've had enough we're mad as hell we're not going to take it anymore and he and it's you know he's kind of beating trump at his own game i think do you remember and just another word of praise for basta do you remember yasha monk on the show early on said the best hope for trump is that he would be maximally invasive because angela <laughs> merkel merkel had been minimally invasive so he didn't notice what she was doing exactly and that we might get just so tired of him and by a certain time and just be able to notice all his incursions into norms and violations of moral principles. Well, we clearly have started to notice them, as you say, in the cartoon version of this story. So say your husband has slept with, say you're Melania, your husband slept with a porn star. You say, what happened? What happened? And first he says, oh, we just, you know, had a collegial conversation. Then he says, you know, okay, we spent one night together, but I didn't love her or whatever. I only kissed her. And then they keep contradicting each other. We all know what it's like to be given the runaround like that. And you just want someone to come in and say, basta. You slept with her. You know you did. You paid her hush money. And it's time to own up to it. And that basta is really brilliant because Giuliani talks in circles, Michael Cohen talks in circles, Trump talks in circles. We don't understand what's happening in Russia. It takes Avenatti to come in and, you know, say enough. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. I was thinking just as you were talking about Berlusconi. I mean, it's because we have all the Italian names today. But what finally happened with Berlusconi after, you know, all sorts of scandal and abuse and misgovernment was it was finally this scandal that basically did involve him bringing in these young prostitutes for these crazy bunga bunga parties. And finally, you know, the kind of Italian voters did just say, basta, enough with this guy, you know, and it's not it's not any one thing. And it's not, you know, it's it's just the accumulation of bullshit. Trump lies about everything. And I think I do think it's it's brilliant for Avenatti to say one, you know, will kind of like match you point for point. But at the end of every point, basta. Yeah. Yeah. You know what is um, what else is just funny to me about about Michael Avenatti and why I hope he, you know, when we tell the story of our times to our grandchildren, I hope we don't leave <laughs> him out entirely, is that he's now become a commenter on the biggest question. We've we're, we've asked him to be on the show, by the way, and Hadi Avenatti, if you're listening, <laughs> please come here. We'll have you even if Hannity won't. Um, but he uh, he's allowed to comment on all the pressing issues that we ask all our guests about. So he goes out on Twitter and says, his resignation must come in a month or whatever. I mean, he can And talk- he comments on, you know, here's, uh, you know, John McCain is a great American. I salute him <laughs> for his service, right? I mean, he's turned into, he's, a, he's an all-purpose cultural and political commentator. It's all-purpose, exactly. And, uh, and um, but I think this thing about the, um, about the resignation and the Basta thing is interesting. Just to say one more thing about maximally invasive. I do remember when Clinton was spinning his wheels around the Monica thing. And we'd heard about Paula Jones and Jennifer Flowers. There was a little bit of the same thing, which is just like, oh my God, we all know a guy like you that cheats with women and lies about it. And I remember a Republican friend of mine saying, I just want him to serve out his shift and go home. Like, it's just been so annoying. Like, I don't want to be lied to anymore. Right. Everybody was sick of his bullshit. Even the people, the people closest to him were the most sick of it. Right. Right. And no, I think that's, I think that's right. And that's, and, and somehow catalyzing that feeling around Trump where you're not arguing the case, you're not arguing every, every little incident anymore. 
but just saying, you know, yeah. we can't take it anymore. Right, exactly. Like, no harm, no foul, but just get out. <laughs> but I but I don't know what the the problem is, as effective as Avenatti is, and as much of a of a idiot as Michael Cohen is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how this scandal places Trump in in real legal jeopardy right. because ultimately a campaign finance violation is a campaign fin- finance violation and a lie about sex is a lie about sex and people don't want to remove someone from office over a lie about, about sex. I don't uh, right. Although they they were they were willing to impeach. Well, there were some Republicans who wanted to a, with Clinton, but that backfired and and ultimately you know the the well judgment, not indict but impeach and or not force. Well, we impeached him but didn't remove him from office. He was acquitted in his in his Senate trial on a on a on a largely partisan vote. Uh, but I think that's an important lesson for the Democrats here, and I right. think they've learned that lesson. I think they're not going to they're not going to go into impeachment on the basis of something. Trump, imagine he does end up testifying to Mueller, whether voluntarily or involuntarily. Right. Lie about sex is not sufficient basis for I mean, impeach- impeachment. It, you know, all along, we've I feel like we've been watching we've been watching two different genres of show. There's the you know World Wrestling Federation and Real Housewives show that Avenatti is a part of. He's a white hat, but he's still part of it. And then the procedural, um, the Law and Order part of things that's going down in the skiffs with Robert Mueller. The distinction has never been more clear right now with you know the very quiet Mueller investigation and the very just loud boisterous. Con- contradictory media game but i do think that winning the media game is not is not unimportant that that avenatti by getting this boss inculcating this boss attitude into into people they might forget they could forget about the culture war going into the midterms the media war is important and it could affect voters or popular popular opinion or even approval ratings it could get people to the polls at the midterms maybe not but it could and it also lets the Mueller investigation continue apace. Well, what I think we've got to look very closely at, and I've been paying a lot of attention to, is the potential connections between these two things. And it's concentrated in the figure of, of Michael Cohen. Because I if, thought you were going to say Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> but yes, exactly. If you, you know, if you, if Michael Cohen's office is raided by the FBI and his documents examined because of potential crimes related to Stormy Daniels and covering that up. Mm-hmm. But what they find in there in the Southern District of New York is, you know, is related to Russian collusion. That's where the one explodes into the other. I mean, you know, and I don't and I doubt that's the only connection like that because I think Trump's life before he became president was a continuum of playmates and porn stars and Russian real estate deals and oligarchs. And it was a pretty continuous world before he became president. So to see it as two totally separate tracks may be a little bit of an interpretive error. I mean, Mimi uh, Roca, uh, who's been on the show, she she said before the news surfaced that Michael Cohen has been associated with, we knew he's been associated with taxi medallion fraud, but also now with medical and insurance fraud, staging car accidents. So if they're trying to flip him, they have a lifetime's worth of stuff to flip him on. Now, the Russia connections are also interesting because the Steele dossier, believe it or not, is connected a little bit to Stormy Daniels. I think you pointed this out from the beginning. If he has a pattern of paying off 
sex workers, porn stars, playmate, playboy playmates, through Michael Cohen, who, as we know, also orchestrated this thing for um, El- for uh, for Elliot Broidy. And if, as we know, Cohen, you know, had been negotiating and talking to Russians, it's quite possible that this goes to precedent for what happened with the alleged sex capades in Moscow. <laughs> um, and uh, and that they, at least Trump, was vulnerable to compromise. So I guess the question, Virginia, is do you think Giuliani will last through the weekend? And uh, <laughs> if if so, then for how long? Oh, my God. I hope so. I mean, they are their own wiretaps, as I always say. <laughs> and I... That's your basta. That's, that's your, my that's basta. Your, that's your I, hashtag. I think don't basta with Giuliani. Just keep it coming. <laughs> Go on. We've all got our pens ready for whatever you want to tell us. And what do you think? Giuliani, is, do you, what do you think the over-under on his uh, staying longer than Scaramucci? Uh, I think tr- there's a possibility Trump will say, well, I never actually hired him. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't work for me. He was working for himself. I was dead when I did that. It's supposedly <laughs> the defense that people think he's considering. This was so much fun. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks for keeping awake or post- postponing your, your jet lag nap to talk to me. Before we say arrivederci, Virginia, uh, we're going to be doing a live show. May 30th at the Bell House. I'm very excited. Where do you go for tickets? Slate.com slash live. And we're doing a cocktail party beforehand. You can get tickets for that uh, with uh, Jamel Bowie, who's coming up for it. It's going to be Jamel's fun. Jamel's always mobbed at these things, too. So come for, come for Jamel, but, but you know, say hi to Jacob and me, too. Great talking Giuliani Avenatti Basta with you. <laughs> 